PR generally, you know, it, it can be used for many different reasons. You know, it really does depend on what you need. But ultimately, it is about visibility. It is about building a brand, um, be that for a service, a product or a person. And it is about, you know, getting that person out there in front of their right target audience. Welcome to the Kelly Lindbergh Podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand and style expert who is on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people daily to take inspired action, to do something different or just to show up as the best person they aspire to be. So if you're one of my five a day because you're inspired by the content that we're sharing, then please subscribe to this podcast or come over and say hi on Instagram. Tell me what it is that you love and what action you've been inspired to do. So in today's episode, I'm speaking to a really good friend and someone who inspires me greatly in business, and that is Natasha Hatherall-Shaw. She's the founder and CEO of Tish Tash Marketing and Public Relations. So Natasha, or Tash as she likes to be known, has over 20 years experience in the marketing, media and PR world. Honestly, she has a real genuine passion for people and understanding what makes them tick. She was joined by her managing director of Tish Tash, uh, which is Polly Williams, who Tash always refers to affectionately as her work wife. They've got such a brilliant partnership and the Tish Tash family, oh, they are always so kind to me. They, I really feel part of their family and It's just, I can't wait to to share with you what we discussed, which is common misconceptions in the world of PR, why you need PR, and how it can help you increase your visibility and awareness. So let's find out what the girls had to say. Welcome to the show, girls. Welcome, Tash. Welcome, Polly. It's so good to have you here. Thank you for having us today. We're very excited to have a cuppa and chinwag with you. Yeah, and, and it's nice to have two. I've, I've done so many one-to-ones, but to have both of you on. So this is kind of going to be a different uh, dynamic. So maybe I'll start with how we actually met and how we're here in this spot. So Tash, you and I met at the Grazia Style Awards, which we were just chatting about this just pre-recording, was back in 2014. Now, I have to give you my very first thoughts of, I remember being introduced, I was doing a piece for, I think it was Yahoo at the time, and I was interviewing all the celebrities on the red carpet, the fashion celebrities. And I just remember being told, you need to go and meet this lovely woman called Tash. She's going to be standing there for you on the red carpet. And literally I arrived, you were there and ushered me around everywhere. You need to speak to this person, you need to speak to this person, you need to speak to this person. And I was like, Tash needs to be my friend. <laughs> that was my first memory of meeting you. What was it like the other way around? <laughs> it's funny because obviously, you know, we'd, uh, I think it was a very, very last minute addition to the schedule. I've been told like, you know, Kelly's going to come and cover the red carpet. And um, and obviously I'd seen you um, in magazines, um, you know, winning awards. And I'd always been a bit fangirling from the side. <laughs> so it was kind of like, oh my God, I get to meet Kelly tonight on the red carpet. And then, yeah, we got to like co-host on the red carpet. So it was very, very cool. But no, I was like, you know, I was like, definitely, she needs to be my friend. I hope she likes me. So. Oh, it totally was. And then we've been friends ever since. And I think, you know, that with relationships and stuff, we've had, you know, relationships through personal, relationships through business, you know, and it's just, I think it's just so nice to see how it grows. So to start off, I'm going to say congratulations. 
because you won some awards. And maybe give the listeners a bit of a backstory as to what it is that you actually do, where you're at now, and then tell us what awards you actually just picked up. <laughs> okay, well, I will start and I'll let Polly then share my story. So uh, Tish Tash um, is my agency. We've just turned nine years old. We are a leading independent marketing communications PR agency in the Middle East region. We are obviously our journey. It's all about the journey as I'm learning in the past week. Um, We um, are a lifestyle PR agency, but we have very, very specialist areas in terms of our main focus is beauty, health and wellness. And then we have a little sister called Tish Tash Tots that is mum and family focused. And then the thing that threads all the way through this is we're very, very, as an agency, we are female focused, fiercely female. You know, we're female owned, we're female run. We have a team of nearly 30 now uh, amazing women working for us. So uh, that's the kind of thread that really goes through everything that we do. We, you know, we want to tell stories of amazing women, amazing product services for a very sort of female kind of audience. So, and that wasn't how we started out. I mean, genuinely, I think as every business, you know, we started out as a broader lifestyle agency. Obviously, my background is very, very beauty focused, as is, you know, Polly's is kind of, you know, very lifestyle beauty focused too. We'd both worked for some of the, you know, top agencies, top brands in the world. Uh, And I think it was like, you know, it's like five years ago now, sort of uh, Polly came into my life. And I think I'd always been on this. I mean, there's so, so much I could say here, but I'd always, you know, as you know, you and I always talk about Kelly, like it's the entrepreneurial business owner journey is probably one of the loneliest journeys as well. And for me, it was kind of, you know, I'd always made the decision to have a business on my own terms, you know, I've never taken investment. I've always done it, you know, so it's in my control. But then at the same time, it is often lonely when you're on this journey together. And so, but for me, finding the right person that I wanted to go on this journey with was really, really important to me. And then when Polly and I met, it was obviously we met through friends as well. Uh, and, you know, we just had a, a coffee uh, and I was just like, you know, I just kind of, you know, just straight away that gut instinct I always talk about as well. It's like, you know, I just loved her and I kind of knew. And then at the time it was like, you know, I couldn't afford her. And then like it was, uh, I mean, Polly can probably tell her side of the story as well. But, um, you know, we both went away and I think it was about a month later. I was like, I still think about you. <laughs> and then, you know, and then we're like, let's just, you know, and Polly was like, well, you know, it's not all about the money. Let's find a way. Um, and so we, uh, yeah, we kind of, you know, Polly joined Tish Tash and within a month we'd literally, you know, uh, she's amazing at winning business. Um, and so in a month we'd won enough business to pay what she wanted anyway. And the rest is history, right, Polly? Yeah, I think it's really important to add though, is that I was actually three months pregnant when I came to you or two months pregnant. And I think this is such an important story to tell because, It just shows what an amazing person Tash is and what an amazing business she's created because the fact that I was pregnant and obviously going to have to go off on maternity leave, you know, her not even knowing me, knowing what I was capable of, the fact that I was due to have, you know, a baby seven months later or whatever didn't face her at all. It didn't stop her from taking me on, you know, it it didn't have any kind of negative effect. And I think I was so grateful at that time to find a place that I wanted to work and that I could see this amazing, it was a great agency anyway, but it was small back then, you know, see this amazing potential and to have this woman that was like, that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that I want you in my business. And I think from then on, you know, straight away, I knew that Tish Tash was an incredible place because, you know, she was at the helm of it. So yeah, that's 
really something that I will always remember if we ever part ways, which I hope we never do. I hope we're in business together forever. But um, if we ever part ways, that will always be my overriding memory. Love it. Sorry, I think since as well, like we've obviously we've hired other pregnant people and they always look at us a bit strange, don't they? Like, what, you'll hire me? And we're like, yeah, why has that got anything to do with it? You're like the right person for the job. So, um, yeah. I know on so many of your posts and stuff or when you talk about on, on sort of social media, you're fondly called the work wife. Um, yeah. So what, what is your role within it, within Tishtash? Um, I mean, from a business perspective, it's very much growing the agency in the right way. So helping us grow. And as Tash said, we, you know, we started, uh, Tash started the business with just her and a couple of other people. And now we're nearly at 30 people. Um, to service the business so growing it but growing it in the right way and then kind of non-business side you know is really about supporting Tash and allowing her to you know Tash is the kind of creative force of the agency and she's always got amazing ideas Um, so I think you know a big part of my role is to help facilitate those ideas rein her in sometimes but um, help make sure that we you know continue to grow but enable all of her ideas to come true while making money for the business at the same time. So, and of course, you know, manage the team. We have grown massively and it's a lot to take on. And, you know, we sit there for entire days just talking to our team because we care about them. And um, so I take a lot of that stuff on as well because it's difficult to run a business and, you know, care about your team and care about making money and keeping the ethos what, what it is, you know, this as we grow and we win awards, which is great, we still want to be that small agency feel. We still want people to feel like they're part of a family. And that can be difficult to navigate as you grow and get bigger. But, but yeah, keeping keeping everyone on that track, I guess, um, and facilitating Tash in her crazy dreams and helping them all come true. Uh, that's pretty much my job. I mean, she keeps keeps me grounded as well. You know, she tells me how old I am every day and, uh, you know, just things like that. And how much younger she is than me. Um, I certainly think from the outside looking in. So I know I do a lot of work with you guys and our girls, I should say. But uh, it does definitely have that family feel. Like Tish Tash is a family. And, And even as someone that I'm not an employee... I am part of the, I really do feel part of your family as a client, as a friend, as, you know, someone, a woman who's in business. And, and, and that, that's hard to achieve that on a sort of a bigger perspective. So the awards were, um, the awards came in and they were well-deserved. So what did you actually win last week? And what was this, the award ceremony? It was the PRCA Awards. They're like the leading global PR association. And we won Best Medium Agency. And I was um, highly commended um, for PR Leader. And then we won Best Ethical and COVID-19 Initiative for our SME Rise Collective, which was something we did during um, co- um, last year in lockdown and COVID times to give marketing support to small businesses. Amazing. So congratulations. I was rooting for you. I was online watching them. Um, it was so amazing to be part of it. So. I think maybe for those that are listening, maybe let's break it down. What is PR? Okay, because some people, so I, I mentor people and they're like, I need PR. And I'm like, do you really need PR? What is it that you think you need? So maybe can we break it down for the, the beginner that's like, do I really need it? What is it? And then we can take it from there. Um, I, this one? I mean, I think, I mean, I think we'll probably double act on it, but I think, um, 
one of the yeah greatest challenges that we have as well is obviously you know i mean pr is definitely evolving what it used to be what it is now is very different um people's interpretation of what pr is varies and so sometimes you know when our job when people come to us like you say is like you know we have to work out if really pr is what they want and need so and i think you know actually at the education side of things is kind of you know um, you know, a big side of things for us. Um, because I mean, PR generally, you know, it, it can be used for many different reasons. You know, it really does depend on what you need, but ultimately it is about visibility. It is about building a brand, um, be that for a service, a product or a person. And it is about, you know, getting that person out there in front of their right target audience, you know, to achieve whatever goals that that person business wants to, you know, for some, Um, We have a lot of people come to us and obviously they've got a new product or a service. Maybe it's new to the market. Maybe it's kind of established globally and they need to build awareness in the Middle East. So it's about getting um, that brand into the hands of media influencers. So through them, we reach their target audience. You know, some um, businesses, you know, they, uh, you know, want in the future, they need to have or they want to have investment. And so they have to build up in terms of credibility and awareness for their business. They need to get a profile in the media, business media, consumer media. Because obviously when people, you know, the angel investors or investment companies look to invest, that what's the first thing they do? Like everybody, they Google and, you know, see, you know, what's written about those brands and companies. So there's lots and lots of reasons why, you know, people um, would, you know, want PR. But I think, you know, there's lots of kind of, you know, uh, I think daily Polly and I deal with challenges around what PR is, what it can deliver. You know, it's like, you know, you're not going to, uh, I think Polly's probably got kind of a lot to say here as well, particularly she spearheads all of our new business. But, you know, you know, PR is not going to change your business overnight. And that's the one thing I say to everybody, you know, if you want more Instagram followers or which, uh, you know, PR is probably not going to do that. You're best spending your money elsewhere. And we tell people really honestly that PR is probably not what they need at this time. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Polly, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got some thoughts. No, I think um, I was actually just writing an article about this this morning. But essentially, I think, of course, everybody cares about sales more than they care about anything. You know, bottom line, how they're going to make money. And I think a lot of, you know, people that are new to the business or have their own small businesses come in and think that as a PR agency, we are going to change their life and we're going to increase their sales by 500%. Um, and we really wish we could do that. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, again, as Tash said, it's an education exercise because we we can't do that. We can't solely be responsible for um, increasing sales for a business. And ultimately, before you can even think about increasing sales, you need to get all your building blocks in place. And one of those building blocks is awareness, people knowing what you're what you are and what you stand for. And then after that, also feeling like what you stand for is what they stand for and therefore they're going to want to buy your product. So I think, unfortunately, people think that PR can be a bit of a magic wand and it just takes a couple of weeks. And sadly, that's not, you know, it is a long-term investment in a PR agency. What do you normally work with people? Is it a minimum of three months? Is it a minimum of six months? Like, what do you find? Because everything in life is about consistency, you know, whether it's consistency from posting, consistency in the marketplace. What have you found that's been a bit of a sweet spot for people? Generally, um, you know, the minimum we would do for anybody is three months. Yeah. Um, um, generally, we'd say you need at least six, 12 months to really sort of step change in terms of awareness and actually see a difference in your business. But so what we would generally find is most people, particularly when they're not working with you before, they're new to PR, they want to do three months just to feel comfortable with you. 
And then usually, you know, they um, renew and go on to longer contracts. You know, I mean, most of our, a lot of our clients, you know, we've had for four years, eight years, nine years even still. So, you know, and they get that it is a, it's a journey as well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, your brand story and your brand message will always change over time. And that's why you need an agency to be there telling your story. Ultimately, we are storytellers. It's kind of like a glorified sales job. We're there to kind of promote you. But ultimately, it's about telling the right stories. And you can't tell one story and then disappear and, and expect that to be enough. So it's a tricky one. But I think, you know, yes, ultimately, we would want every client to sign up for 12 months and to carry on because that's where you're going to see the long term changes and the growth that you need and the sales that you need. But fortunately, especially in this market at the moment, a lot of people don't have those budgets. And as Tash said, we're always really honest as well. We have a lot of small businesses that come to us and say, I need PR. And like you said, Kelly, once they understand what PR really is, they kind of go, oh, okay, is that what I need? You know, maybe I should be investing my money in digital ads or my social media or, you know, whatever that might be. So I think it's really important for a PR agency in this day and age as well to be transparent with people. So I think it's all too easy to take someone's money because they say they want a PR agency and then, you know, it's, it never works out the way they want and you have an unhappy client, which nobody nobody wants. I think that's a really good point there, just bringing back to, you know, when you've got a new product or you want more visibility, the one thing that people are going to do is they're going to Google. And I see a lot in my personal brand and presentations, which I know that you've heard is you are who Google says you are. And one of the best ways to to improve this is to create more of a digital footprint, which means the way to do that is to have PR and someone that can put you in front of the right people. So let's just say someone starting out in business. Like when I started in my business, I didn't know, someone told me I needed to write a press release. And this was 17 years ago. You need to write a press release. And I had no idea and I Googled what it was. Say someone's just starting out. What are some tips you could say that maybe they don't have the budget for an agency? What's some easy things that they could do themselves that would make life a little bit easier? I think like um, writing a press release these days is not the first thing you need to start with. Um, you know, now it's like, do you have a social media page? Yeah, okay. You know, that is what we, you know, now, especially if you're a small business, that's where you need to be. Because as well as people Googling you, they will also go straight onto Instagram and try and find you. So again, it depends what product, you know, if you're a product or a service, and of course products yeah. you perform better on social sometimes and services, especially in the early stages. But I think, you know, first of all, we say, do you have social? Are you talking to your audience on social? Because um, nine times out of 10, that's where your audience go. In terms of press releases, I mean, Tash is your your PR guru, so she's probably best to answer that. But I would, yeah, I would always say first, don't think about press release. That's almost like the second part. The first part is getting your social media and figuring out your messaging on social. When I wrote a press release fully, we still had fax machines. It was that long ago. So. <laughs> before Facebook, before Instagram. That was when that, you know, I, I miss those days when I started out my career in London. It was just like, it was great faxing press kits. <laughs> Do you know, I remember going into Spinney's on Owasso Road and standing in the corner because I had zero money. And, and I was standing in, they had a magazine corner. I don't know if you remember, and a bookshop and... I went through all the magazines and wrote down the telephone numbers because there wasn't email addresses. So then I had this because I was being really tight and didn't have the money to actually buy the magazine. <laughs> and I had all these um, all these telephone numbers down. And then I went home 
and then called people to get an email address. Like the process was, I mean, it was so lengthy. And that was in those days. And, you know, now that's where you step in and go, hey, I've got a little black book and I can do this all for you. Um, anything else you want to add, Tash, if someone's like kind of starting out and maybe they want to save up to have a PR, but what could they do to make your job maybe a little bit easier when they do get round to hiring someone? I mean, there's so many things, Kelly, someone could do that make her life easier. Um, <laughs> well, tell, me, tell me a couple. Tell me a couple. Go on all day. Tash, you want to take that one? What could they do to make your life easier? And you're like, okay, this is a dream client now because they've done the, the, the. I think, I mean, definitely, I mean, one of the key things, you know, is, is to be clear on who you are and what you are. So messaging is one of the key things we work with with clients when we first start, um, you know, uh, and we try and get that clicks. So ideally, you know, you need to agree that. And then that needs to run across all of your communications touch points, be it website, social. So, you know, because we need to be consistent with what else you're doing. So ideally, if you, you know, you've spent time working on that yourself, um, that's great. Um, and have a firm view on where you're going. Um, the kind of other thing as well that I think people don't realize is about photographs. Um, and I know you've got a few funny stories on this one, Kelly, as well. Um, but people kind of, I wish people realized that the better photography you have, the, you know, the better coverage you get. I know it sounds really simple, but so many times, you know, we've placed really amazing features uh, and someone said to us, yeah, yeah, we've got photos. Now we'll get everything up in up front. So I know exactly what I've got. And then when you actually get like a really amazing feature secured in like Forbes or Arabian business, and then like you get some like really bad like iPhone kind of picture taken kind of, you know, in some, what they think was really kind of like filtered and stylish. And it's like, so investing in really, really good press photos, I always, you know, it, it is so valuable. And if you do it well, as you know, and you wear things that, I mean, obviously, you know, you're in the fashion world, Kelly. So, you know, and for you, I know it's really important that you obviously get your photos done regularly. Uh, and, but for most people in the business world or what, you know, depending on what they do, you can, you know, have a good batch of photos taken that last you up to five years. If you wear things, you know, black with kind of, you know, more kind of, you know, you can have some good pictures that have got longevity. Um, so, but just invest. It doesn't have to be um, expensive, really. You know, you, there's some really amazing photographers that do profile pictures, but yeah, get great images. That's I think cool. also I would just say responsiveness. If you want a PR agency and they you think that means that you can just disappear from that part of things. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know, you need to be on the journey with us. Like, you know, and it, it sounds like a cliche, but PR is a partnership. And the way the media works here is we work on very tight timelines. So if you're not available to respond to a comment or if it takes you three days to get back on an email or if you don't pick up your phone, we're essentially never going to be able to give you what you want. So it really, it really is a partnership. You need to be in it with us. Yeah. And I think we and Polly all the time, you know, we do have this conversation a lot, you know, you know, we're only as good as we're enabled to be, you know, and genuinely, I know that we are great at what we do. But, you know, when we have, for example, a client that doesn't respond at all, doesn't even sign off a press release. So, you know, we need a piece of content to send out. And then like, you know, for a month, the team chased them repeatedly we do everything. And then they say, you know, we'll be better. And then we never hear from them again. And then they, at the end of the month, they're like, why have I got no coverage? Why has nothing happened? It's like, well, but you didn't actually enable us to do our job. So it is a constant a frustration that we have. And I think, you know, if someone is thinking about embarking on PR, I'd say, just make sure you are ready and you have the time to dedicate because we don't just, you know, we do need support and input from you. Even, you know, if we get a feature secured, yes, we can write well, but still we need to know what your opinion is and get your key bullets or messaging or 
what your angle would be. So you need to work with us as a partner to get get great results. Awesome. So just in a recap, we've got um, social pages, so social media awareness, know who you are and have clear messaging so it's consistent, not only so you know, so you can communicate that to it. Photographs, I'm going to touch on that in just a wee bit more in a minute, and responsiveness. So I think there are four really clear points that people can go, right, okay, this is the next stage. This is when I'm ready to step up my business, my product, my personal brand. To touch on the photographs, <laughs> um, I actually learned the hard way that you needed high quality images many, many years around the fax machine time, Polly. Um, when Emirates woman asked me, can you send me a high resolution image? And I was like, what is a high resolution image? Um, bearing in mind our phones didn't have cameras on it. This is probably testament to what you get sometimes. So I went downstairs with my little two megabyte pixel, pixel camera took it, went back upstairs, plugged it all in, sent it to them. I was like, here you go. They were like, no, that's rubbish. We can't use that. So I learned the hard way. But honestly, since I've had professional pictures, I've had maybe four or five front covers, which have been through you guys um, in terms of um, promoting whatever it is through style, through services, business, personal brand. And that is down to great photography. I really want to highlight that a little bit more. So yeah, awesome. It's about making journalists' lives easy, you know. We're here to support journalists. And if you make their lives difficult, they're just not even going to cover you, you know. So make their lives easy. And that goes back to anyone that doesn't have budget for a PR agency. If you do have some journalist contacts, and what you were saying, still at the back of a magazine, you can get a lot of these contacts. So that hasn't changed in the last however many years it's been. But I do think like, yeah, make make our lives easier and that makes journalists' lives easier. And that's what's going to get you front covers. Perfect. Um, so Tish Tash, we talked about, you know, the, the niche industry that you're in and you didn't start by doing that. You, you know, it's evolved naturally into to what it is that you're doing or evolved into it. When I'm mentoring entrepreneurs, something that they say a lot is, well, I don't want a niche and I help everyone. And in saying that, it doesn't mean that you don't just work with beauty products. So I just want to kind of go into that sort of why you're in beauty and, and wellness and then maybe just that other people organically have come to you through that. I think my view generally is, uh, as you know, is if you know you follow your heart and you do what you love and what you're passionate about, then you do it well. And I think, you know, um, for me, so that's always been kind of very in my background. And then when we started, you know, we got a few beauty brands. And obviously, it's such a massive market here. And it is something genuinely I'm fascinated by. And I find it really interesting. There's always so much innovation, so much change. Um, you know, and I do. So beauty, health and wellness is an area that, I, you know, I love and I'm passionate about. So, you know, whilst we started out broader lifestyle, then very quickly within sort of two, three years, we obviously went more niche. But it genuinely is because we love what we do. I mean, there are so many agencies we find, you know, that, you know, maybe they've got a bit of beauty, a bit of fashion, a bit of oil and gas, a bit of corporate. And I think as well, like what we've found is it's very, very different skill sets, what you need to be a PR in, you know, one area versus another. And so I think, you know, we've we obviously made the decision to specialize. It has been the best decision we made. And I think all of our team who work with us, you know, they're either they come from that background or they have that passion and love you know, and it, and they get to, you know, work in an environment and with brands that kind of, you know, are, are in their interest as well. And then they deliver, you know, better, you know, we obviously all the journalists or the bloggers are in our area. So we have formed much deeper relationships with them. Mm -hmm. So it just, there's lots of reasons why I do believe being specialist is the best thing we did. And I mean, I, I talk about this a lot, 
for similar things. Yeah. People always say to us, like, you know, you're not limiting yourself or you're not like, you know, you're never going to be rich being, you know, a specialist agency. But I think, you know, that's a complete myth. And I think if COVID showed us anything, like, you know, we were probably one of the few agencies that didn't have to make redundancies, didn't have to make cuts because everyone last year wanted health and wellness and all of our clients, or the majority did quite well last year. So um, being specialists kind of helped us through COVID. I think also the the niche is allowed us to be quite creative. The type of brands that we work with has kind of like opened up a lot of creativity that you wouldn't get working on it obviously an oil and gas or, or something or a big corporate. And I think it's in that creativity and innovation that other types of brands have come to us because they've seen what we've been doing. Um, and they've said, oh, I want a bit of that. You know, I don't want the same old, same old that I get from an agency that understands oil and gas, if we're using that as an example, or fashion even. I want someone that's thinking a bit differently. And we've had a lot of uh, from a new business perspective, a lot of potential clients coming to us saying, look, I know you don't work in f and I know you don't work in hotels, but I want you to do what you're doing on your beauty client, on me. You know, I don't want to work with this agency that's a specialist in f and right now because they just give me the same thing over and over. They're doing the same for the hotel down the road that they're doing for me. So I think that's what's enabled us to take on some other things as well. Uh, we are very lucky. We do remain quite picky on what we take and I think that's something that Tash has always been very strong on is follow your gut don't take on a client that doesn't follow the same kind of values that you have because it's never going to end the way you want it to end so I think we have taken on a few bits and pieces that sit outside of beauty health and wellness but we we are quite strict on what those things are and it's about relationships and if we think we can really innovate for them yeah. And I think for us as well, if it is about, you know, if, if a lot of the time there's a lot of brands that want to reach um, our target audience, you know, it is very female focused or maybe they haven't been historic, historically, but they want to move into that. So generally, yeah, as long as something kind of there's a reason why it could be an amazing female founder, it could be, you know, they want that target audience. So yeah, it really, really does come down to kind of whether we feel it is a good fit for us and we feel we could do a great job. So in short, being niched does not stop you taking on the clients that you want. If it still fits, you would still take them. And But in the same sense, it's also allowed you to, that people know you in the industry for that and they come to you. Like you stand out because of that. So I think for any industry that, you know, who's listening to this, it is a case of, well, what, who is it that you help? So it's back to the messaging that you said earlier. So it's really clear because that's only going to bring you more clients. I would also just like to correct Tash in that it still hasn't made us rich, though. <laughs> we're still waiting. Coming. That's coming. That's coming. But we're, playing, but we're playing the long-term game, right, Polly? Right? We're, you know, really good foundations, kind of, you know, not a flash in the pan. You know, we're following all the things we tell people, you know, like credibility, reputation is not built overnight. Yeah, I love it. That's correct. Tell me about the, the sort of recent launch to, to, to Shash Talent. How did this come about? Because you mentioned, you know, you would maybe take on a brand that maybe wasn't um, lifestyle or, or, or wasn't um, skincare or, or health, but if it had a great female founder. So what is Tish Tash Talent and, and how does that fit in within the family? Well, it's kind of like we were doing it anyway, but then we just thought it, we would give it a proper kind of name and kind of little area. So we were already working with some amazing, amazing women, female founders, female brand sort of personalities. And then we decided to um, just package that up into an offering for 
um, amazing kind of, you know, we call it like women of substance, women that've got amazing, powerful stories. Um, so it's kind of visibility and profiling kind of packages for women in business. Yeah, to get them out there. Amazing. Love it. And just maybe while we're on that subject, I'll maybe kind of bring you back into the sort of the the personal brand piece, because I think with female founders and I guess with the Tish Tash talent and, and the focus being that as much as it's about the product or the service, people want to know the story. We mentioned earlier on, Paul, you were talking about storytelling and, and now so much of it is about the person. Um, so you launched during COVID your um, COVID-19 diaries, which people follow religiously now. And my question to you is really what value or, or has there been extra value for you having a personal brand and people finding you through that way? How is that directly related to the business, for example? And Polly, I'm sure will have some funny anecdotes here. Anyway, she'll keep me grounded. Um, but uh, for me, I mean, you know, it was an, it was really, really an accidental thing. I just had a bit of a meltdown and kind of like a massive like rant on Instagram about like the reality of surviving a business very early in lockdown. And then it kind of became a bit therapeutic. And then here we are nearly a year on and I've literally written every day, I think, apart from two. Um, and yeah, shared my kind of journey through COVID with everybody, like running a business, dealing with anxiety, just, and I kept it really raw, honest and real. And, you know, I've shared like crying on the carpet and everything. And I think this one of the things that Polly and I have definitely seen last year that, you know, there's been in terms of media that there's far, far less pages for products and services. People want to see the people behind the brands. You know, it's like that human element is really, really important now. And so generally people are buying people, people want to hear the stories. Um, and that's kind of the main area that we're working with, with most brands now, even those that have a product or service, you know, is pulling the, um, you know, the founders, the people behind it forward and what they're doing, be it community or on a human kind of level. For us, um, I would say, um, you know, it wasn't obviously, I genuinely did have a meltdown on Instagram, but be careful where that takes you because you never kind of know. Um, you know, mine ended up by the end of last year, I won best blogger in the Middle East for it, um, which was a little bit surreal. Um, and it makes me laugh every day. Um, but um, yes, I think, you know, we have got business out of my diary, even though it is kind of, you know, it does make me and Polly kind of laugh. Um, but people have bought me and I think they see the fact that they've had a year of me. So I don't think in a year you can really hide the real you, you know, you've kind of seen me warts and all, you know, um, every kind of, I don't know, vulnerability. I think people, people generally have got the sense that, I have got integrity. I have got, you know, my client's best interests at heart. And then they, they, they get a sense that they have seen that I'm the kind of person that they want to represent them and work with. And so, yeah, we have had clients that have come in and said, I only want to work with you. I read your diary. And which point Polly does laugh under the table. I think like you, you know, Tash is a really good example of an influential person who is using her influence for, for good, um, even though she gets lots of free gifts now as well, which I think she likes. But I think, you know, I think it does, definitely has helped our brand, not just in terms of new business, but in terms of reputation as well. You know, she's a true leader now. And I think, you know, she's always been a true leader to us, but she's putting herself out there in an open and raw way. And she's she would never ask our clients to do something that she wasn't willing to do herself. And I think seeing that vulnerability and that openness and honest honesty is really powerful. It's also a really hard thing to do. And I think, you know, we have a lot of female business leaders and, and male as well that say, 
oh, I, I don't want to be at the, the face of my brand. I just want my brand to talk for itself. And you know, coax them out of that and say, but you're really missing a trick. And I think looking at someone like Tash that is doing that every day, no matter how hard it might be some days for her to put herself out there like that, they kind of go, okay, she's doing it. Maybe I can give it a try you know yeah, yeah exactly. I'm very honest you know I tell people you know I, I you know things like for me like you know I hate going on the radio I hate going on tv it's like you know but then I feel like COVID was the time we said it's now step out of your comfort zone so that's what I my mission was last year to do all the things that I literally never thought I would do or I, I really didn't enjoy and so that's why I think people particularly when they're new on the journey I can talk very authentically with them about you know, giving it a go and just kind of, you know, and I know I'm really honest saying, look, I hate this too. This is what helped me or this is what I find. So I think people kind of, you know, I said, you know, I think, you know, you've got to, you know, whatever you're recommending to clients, you know, you have to be following that advice yourself. Um, So um, I think people see me out there doing it. And obviously then that kind of, I think it's inspired a few to do it too. Love it. Well, you are a true inspiration. So as we wrap up, I would love to know what is one common myth about your job or your profession that you maybe want to debunk or yeah, maybe you could each give me one. Um, I, I think people think we're at parties, drinking champagne, <laughs> having a really, really jolly time every day. Um, and people don't really know, like the fact that PR is voted in one of the top five most stressful jobs year in, year out. There's a reason for that. And yeah. um, yeah, no, I, I wish I was at parties, but I'm not. Polly? Uh, I would agree, the glamour element, definitely. I think um, the biggest myth for me is that, again, back to what we were talking about earlier, that we're going to somehow be miracle workers and kind of like create billions of dollars in sales for companies. That's not what we are and it's not what we do. So I think that is the biggest myth for me, that PR equals sales. Well, and the thing is as well, though, it's it's really hard to track. So I just had this one example I'll, 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 I'll give you. And so, you know, the new face activation that you did. OK, so, you know, you kindly gifted me one which I use and I love and it totally works. So I shared it on my social media and my friends and my mum have bought one in the UK. My friends have bought it here, but there's no way of tracking it. So I was telling my friend the other day about, you know, we were talking about the new face and our eyebrows and everything that has gone on. And it transpired from that one post, that one activation that was sent to me. I know 10 people who've bought new face globally, but there is no way for you to go back to new face and be like, so this one person in the Middle East did 10 and this one did. It's really hard. And that must be, I think, one of the hardest things in your job to track the ROI and be like, well, we can definitely get you this because for sure it has increased their sales, but not just in the Middle East, globally. Yeah. And I think you know, there's lots of ways like trackable codes and things. But as we know, right, it's not always like we might not always be in the market today for something. We might not remember that code, but it could be in a couple of months like, oh, yeah, I actually saw that somewhere. And now maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm going to treat myself as a birthday gift. So, yeah. And, and so it's not as if, you know, you didn't use that code, so we can't track it. But actually, you still influence that person to being on their radar uh, for the future when they needed it. And, you know, I think that is one of the biggest, biggest challenges. And that's why we say to clients, you know, that's why you need continuity. You need to be out there because it does doesn't mean like one post kind of cause and effect. It is like it's a much longer kind of journey. Yeah. I think what was really interesting is our clients say, but I need to see sales, but they don't share any sales data with us. 
So if they shared it with us, for example, we could say, okay, but look, two weeks ago, we did this activation. And if you look at sales, you are starting to see a spike here because that's what, ha- you know, that is what happens. Yeah. Um, it does work, but we don't have that. We don't very rarely get given access to that kind of data. So a lot of what people want we don't have the information to be able to prove to them that it's working. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily trust the process. And I think that's a big part of PR. You have to trust that we know what we're doing and we're getting it right. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, of course, good PR does increase your sales. But as Tash said, it doesn't happen overnight. You can't necessarily see it very clearly in, like, a sudden massive spike that comes out of nowhere. And it's a process. Trust the process. Love it. Well, I think that is a great lasting comment and it's been so good to chat to both of you. Where can people find you if they want to, um, if they do all their homework and get themselves ready <laughs> to, to look at hiring you or just find out more? What's the, what's your contact details? Um, our website is tishtash.com. Um, you can find us on social media at Tishtash Talks. Um, we're on all the usual channels or you can find me at natasha at tishtosh.com or polly at tishtosh.com awesome and what about where do we find the the the, the diary tash that's on my personal instagram um which is at tash hatherall yeah perfect well have a great afternoon girls it was so lovely to speak to you and um i'll see you tomorrow for a meeting <laughs> take care